Hello again, everyone. Sick of me yet? Thank you. <laughs> Second off the bat. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I, um, I thought I'd start tonight by telling you all here one thing about me. One thing that will put you at ease and let you know that I am pretty much a subject matter expert in what I'm going to talk to you about tonight. So the thing I'm going to share with you is this. I have participated in every bad decision I have ever made. I was there for all of them. That is not my slide. I like it. I'm not sure how I can incorporate it into my sermon. <laughs> I'll just uh, give Beck some death glares for a while while she just frantically looks around. It is, yes. So you put the wrong one in, Zach. Just talk amongst yourselves, guys. Otherwise, we'll just go projectless and you'll just have to listen to me for the whole time. Oh, thanks. How was Darwin anyway? Good? Yeah? See some crocs? That was good. Nice. Good. James, you in footy yesterday? No. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> All right. We're good? Confident? Hey, that looks like something I did. I think we're roughly up to about slide two. Interesting. I can see it out there. Shall we just carry on? Yeah? Oh, Tom to the rescue. Much entertaining. If you ought to swivel your heads around and look at these guys that added the pressure at the back. <laughs> hey, very good. All right, where were we? I have participated in every bad decision I've ever made. There we go. I was there for all of them. All the bad financial decisions, professional decisions, relationship decisions, and the list goes on and on and on. I have talked myself out of exercise and into dessert. And the common denominator of all my bad decisions was me. Now these are all a bit embarrassing, but of course, you know, the reason I don't mind sharing that is that you, like me, you have participated in every bad decision that you have ever made. You were there for all of them. The worst spending decision, the worst parenting decision, the worst professional blunder, worst marriage moment, you were there right in the middle of all of them. And you know what's really sickening? Essentially, we are the mastermind behind our greatest regrets. Now, the reason I say all that is the topic today, which is leading well. Now, the topic of leading or leadership could probably be spread over about 50 different sermons across the year. However, tonight, we'll be looking at how self-leading is critical in our own personal lives, as well as the life of this church. And how, if we get it right we might be able to better influence people around us in a positive way. 
Now, before we get into some ways we can go about this in our own lives, let's jump into the passage for tonight, which comes from 1 Timothy chapter 3. This is a letter from Paul, who acted as a mentor to Timothy, and it more or less outlines what should be expected from leaders and helpers in the church. It is also relevant for our own personal lives as well. So from Timothy chapter 3. If anyone wants to provide leadership in the church, good, but there are preconditions. A leader must be well thought of, committed to his wife, cool and collected, accessible and hospitable. He must know what he's talking about, not be overfond of wine, not pushy but gentle, not thin-skinned, not money-hungry. He must handle his own affairs well, attentive to his own children and having their respect. For if someone is unable to handle his own affairs, how can he take care of God's church? Goes on in verse 8 to 13. The same goes for, the, goes for those who want to be servants in the church. Serious, not deceitful, not too free with the bottle, not in it for what they can get out of it. They must be reverent before the mystery of faith, not using their position to try to run things. Servants in the church are to be committed to their spouses, attentive to their own children, and diligent in looking after their own affairs. Those who do this servant work well will come to be highly respected, a real credit to this Jesus faith. Now, there are a few character traits in those verses, but tonight what we're going to hone in on is the aspect of handling of our affairs. Or to put it more simply, to be able to be a good leader, it requires you to have some aspects of your own life sorted out first. So, we're going to look at two reasons why this is important, and then we're going to look at two ways to achieve it. The first reason why this is important is this. You won't be a leader worth following if you don't lead yourself well you can still be a leader for sure if you don't lead yourself well but you won't be a leader worth following you see it in workplaces all the time you might have a boss who is on a much higher salary than you but their life is just a bit of a mess you might want their salary or their position or their vacations but you don't want to be like them or do like them so they might be good at their job and you likely still will do what they say at work but it is unlikely that they will influence your attitude or, cho or choices in everyday life. And you know what? We learn something like this from our parents. We s first see this played out in home. You know that whether or not you want to be like your mother or father has far less to do with what they said to you than it does with how well they led themselves. If we want to be like our parents, it's not because they taught us well, it's because they modelled well. That's what garners respect in our hearts for our parents. So that's the first reason leading yourself well is important. If you want to be someone worth following, you need to be able to lead yourself. And as Christians, it gets a double dose of importance, as there is no point trying to lead someone to Christ if they look at the rest of your life and decide you're not someone worth following in the first place. And the second reason why self-leadership is important is that exceptional self-leadership is the key to sustained influence. The key word there is influence, it's not authority. We can have authority because of a title or a position, but in terms of influence, it goes back to being people worth following. Like the boss scenario we just spoke about. Let's think about it. We rarely open ourselves up willingly to the influence of people that we don't respect. We may do what they ask, us to do because again they're our boss or our manager but in terms of being open to the influence that's beyond the position and the title 
We open ourselves up to the influence of people we have respect for. And who do we respect? We respect people who lead themselves well. So these are two reasons why self-leading is important. To be worth following and to have an influence on the people around us. So how in the world do we do this? How do we have extraordinarily self-leadership? Well, we have to make two decisions. The first decision is I will not lie to myself even when the truth makes me feel bad about myself. In our culture, we've been told one of the worst things we can do is feel bad about ourselves. That is not true. There is something worse than feeling bad about yourself. The thing that is worse is not doing anything about the thing that is bad about yourself. It's a bit of a tongue twister, so I'll say it again. The worst thing is not to feel bad about yourself. It's not doing anything about whatever it is that is bad about yourself. We have a very difficult time as human beings acknowledging the things about us that need to change. Good self-leadership requires brutal honesty with yourself in the mirror. Because nobody does a better job at selling yourself on a bad idea than you. We are the ultimate salespeople in that regard. So I want to give you an exercise to make this easy and to cement this idea in your mind. Whenever you are about to make a decision, whenever you find yourself with that little bit of tension on the inside, you know those types of decisions, should I go or should I say? Should I say this or not say this? Do I go this way or do I go that way? You need to ask yourself this question. Why am I doing this? And not leave it there. You then need to take it up one notch. And this is really important. You actually need to ask yourself, why am I doing this really? You can't hide from yourself if you really ask yourself. So change those questions before to, why am I saying this? Really? Why am I postponing this phone call? Really? Why am I going there? Really? Why don't I want to talk to that person? Really? You see, telling yourself the unfiltered truth about what you're doing and why you're doing it is the key to great self-leadership. When you get to the bottom of why you're actually doing things, then you can really decide if something needs to change or not. And the thing is, when you answer that question truthfully, you don't even have to do anything with that information. But you do owe it to yourself to know the truth. Imagine living your entire life not really knowing how you as a person actually operates because you're just skimming over those decisions. And the second thing we'll look at, and the second decision we need to make, sorry, is that we will prioritize what we value most over what we want now. You see, what you want now is rarely what you value most. This is a lesson most people never learn but is essential for great self-leadership. And it is amazing how what you want now is rarely what you value most. You'll come across it later tonight. You'll want dessert, but you value your health. You could definitely create two columns and fill them up with things you want now that contradict what you value most. You cannot lead yourself well until you discover what you value most. 
And the sad thing is most people don't even know what they value most until it's too late. That is the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. Imagine getting to your deathbed and discovering what it was you really value in life and coming to the realisation that it's now actually out of reach. So how do you figure out what you value most? Well, I have another exercise for you. Imagine you're at your own funeral. And imagine the following people get up to talk about you. Your mum or your dad, your brother or your sister, your wife or your husband, or your children, a friend or a work colleague. And these people from all your walks of life get up to say something about you. Now think to yourself, what is it you want these people to say? Try it later tonight or tomorrow morning or in a devotional time sometime this week. Write it down on a bit of, on a bit of paper and actually think about it. Because that there will be your personal definition of success. And that is what you value the most. So, what do you want said about you at the end? You owe it to yourself to discover this. You see, when we know what we value most, we can then sculpt our lives around achieving those things. You'll find yourself much less distracted by the things you, want, you thought you wanted that take up all your time, your money and your energy. And you'll be able to channel that time, money and energy into the things that really matter to you. But only if you find out what really matters to you. We want to be those types of people that you see and you just know that they know where they're heading and why they're heading there. It's a self-assured confidence that can, act <coughs> that can then act like a people magnet as you find yourself drawn to their passion or their vision. And again, these are great life skills to have. But the implication that good self-leadership can have on a Christian can have a literal eternal effect on others. If good self-leadership is what makes someone pay attention to you more closely and that allows your message of Jesus' love to really penetrate into their heart, then that's an eternal victory. So, we all end up somewhere in life. There's no option, that's just reality. Ideally, we end up somewhere on purpose. And there's only one person on this planet that can help you end up at that place. And that person looks at you in the mirror. So if we can lead that person well, then that allows us to be people who others want to follow. And, allow, and it allows us to influence others because we can be Christ-like role models for our homes, our church, and our communities. Please send us to sing our last song.